You're listening to the Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast. Today's message comes to us from guest speaker, Alani Sevilla. Good morning and happy Sabbath, church family. Today, I'm very blessed to be able to share a lesson of trust that God has taught me over the past year that has changed my life, trusting him in every situation I've found myself in. If you had told me a year ago that I was going to be up here sharing, I honestly wouldn't have believed you. But I've learned that when God calls you, he also equips you. Today, we're going to be focusing on the story of a man who struggled with trust. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. And as we think on these things, Open our hearts and our minds to hear you. In your name we pray, amen. This morning, we're going to be focusing on the story of Gideon. He's a quieter hero of the faith that is not commonly spoken about. There are many lessons within this story that will guide us in better trusting God. Please open your Bibles up to Judges 6, verses 11. Judges is found earlier on in the Old Testament, right after Joshua and right before 1 Samuel. In the Pew Bibles right in front of you, it can be found starting on page 220. Now before we begin reading, I want to give you some context. Early on in the Old Testament, God rescued the children of Israel from Egypt. He had cared for them in the wilderness, and then he brought them into the Promised Land under Joshua's leadership. God gave them a land that was plentiful after all the suffering they had endured in Egypt as slaves and the awful 40 years that they had spent in the wilderness. The promised land was a blessing. For a while, things ran smoothly. But as is often the case, when things get easier, people tend to get a little bit careless. Israel stopped honoring and obeying the Lord. God had promised them all kinds of blessings, but he also warned them that if they didn't live in obedience and didn't honor him, things wouldn't go well for them. Holding true to his word, that's exactly what happened. The Lord shook things up by allowing an enemy, the Midianites, to rise against them, to show them how hard life can be without him. The Midianites would go beyond their means to make the lives of the Israelites very difficult. The Israelites would work very hard on their crops And just when they were going to harvest them, the Midianites, along with their allies, would come down and steal their harvest. Now this is where Gideon comes in. For seven years, the Israelites put up with the Midianites. The reason they were having such a hard time was because they were no longer living in obedience to the Lord. And it took them seven years to realize this. Here we can see that God uses tough times to get our attention. I'll be reading from the New International Version. And we're going to begin at verse 11 and then read on to verse 13. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. This is what threshing wheat looked like in ancient times. It usually took place out in the open, but Gideon instead was hidden in a winepress probably similar to these up here, maybe even smaller. 
But he was doing this because he knew it was almost time for the Midianites and their allies to come down and ruin their crops. He's in despair because of this hard time that Israel is enduring. He's just trying to scrape out a little bit of harvest before the Midianites come down and steal it from him. Then the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon in verse 12 and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. To which Gideon replies, Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Sometimes we might ask questions similar to Gideon, such as, well, if the Lord is with us, why isn't he doing any miracles today? But in reality, he is. We're just not really giving God the credit for what he's doing in the ordinary course of our lives. But this is what happens when we are discouraged due to circumstances in our lives. Gideon was allowing his present circumstances to alter his view of God instead of remembering everything that God had done for his ancestors before Israel began to disobey. The Lord then tells Gideon that he is to save his people. Now Gideon initially shows a lack of trust in verse 15 because he thinks of himself as just an average man. But God responds, I will be with you. Now on to verse 17 and 18. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon then goes inside to prepare a goat and some bread and brings it to the angel. And the angel touches the meat and unleavened bread with his staff. Instantly, fire flares from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and then the angel disappears. The Lord then says to Gideon in verse 23, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon has just seen an angel of the Lord face to face, and he heard God's very own voice. So in this very spot, Gideon builds an altar and names it. The Lord is with you, and the Lord is peace. In verse 16, the Lord commands Gideon to defeat the Midianites and leave none of them alive. Yet he builds an altar saying that God is peace. Now when we think of peace, we think of a stress-free environment, a sense of security and calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war and everything is in perfect harmony and freedom. But peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the deep-rooted calmness in the midst of your trouble because you know that you're going in the strength that you have, which isn't much, but God is with you in the midst of trouble. Verses 25 and 26 go on to say, That same night the Lord said to him, Take a second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Baal was the god of the local people. He was the complete opposite of what God stood for. This was how far the children of Israel had declined in their spirituality in those days. They were actually worshiping 
a false god rather than the Lord. Now 26. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the wood from the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. When the children of Israel offered a burnt offering, they would place their hands on the animal that was going to be sacrificed, and then they would confess their sins. The animal would be sacrificed as an atonement for their sins, and that is what Gideon is about to do. So he is going to tear down what is wrong and then build up what is right. Because before God can use you, he must be magnified in your own life and in your own home. Verse 27 says, So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the town's people, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. By doing this, Gideon stirred things up. Because when everyone wakes up and finds out what Gideon had done, they're furious and demand that Gideon be killed. Gideon's father's response is, if Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. Now Gideon could have died, but he was saved by the grace of God, because God honors those who honor him. After this, the Lord speaks to Gideon again and tells him to begin gathering an army. But he begins to doubt again, even after all he had just seen. Like us, Gideon had insecurities, fears, and doubts. Gideon speaks to the Lord again in verse 36 through 40. If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And this is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, and it filled up a whole bowl of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. God had showed himself to Gideon multiple times, yet Gideon wanted more reassurance, and God does not get angry with him. We doubt as if God has not shown himself to us with everything we have through him, such as friends, family, our homes, jobs, clothes on our backs, and food on our tables. I love how patient God is with us. Verse 40 says, That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. The Lord was helping Gideon grow into a faithful servant, matching each doubt with kind reassurance. After this, Gideon is now ready, ready to gather his army. He sends a word out, and 32,000 men show up. Gideon has to have been pretty compelling for so many men to come. But even with 32,000 men, the Midianite army significantly outnumbered them with about 135,000 men. What God tells Gideon next in chapter 7, verse 2, sounds pretty insane. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. He tells Gideon that there were way too many men in his army. 
but God wants him to realize that the battle is his. Now, through a selection process, God narrows the Israelite army down from 32,000 men to only 300 men. That's a pretty big difference. And now it's 135,000 Midianites versus 300 Israelites. That's 450 Midianites to every one Israelite soldier. Can you imagine how Gideon must have felt? Yet, he trusted God to prove his promise. In one of the most odd battle strategies in history, 300 Israelites went out with trumpets, torches, and jars to meet the Midianites. God sent confusion among the enemy so that they began attacking each other. And when it was over, 120,000 Midianites had killed one another and the other 15,000 fled. The battle was over. God had answered Israel's prayers and he used a common man who trusted him to do it. Gideon learned to trust God step by step. If in the beginning, the angel had simply told Gideon that he would defeat 135,000 Midianites with just 300 men, Gideon would have had a really hard time believing that this message was really from God. But with everything he saw, he realized that God was in control. The purpose for having such a small army was that God wanted Israel to know that it was he and not Gideon and his men who defeated the army. Like us, Gideon had insecurities. He had fears. He had doubts. But he learned to trust in the true God of the children of Israel. God persistently pursued Gideon until he had complete trust in the Lord. Like him, we must also learn to live in complete trust, no matter what. This is something that the Lord has taught me over the past year. A year ago, I would just trust God with my salvation. I had a very vague, everyday trust. I wasn't trusting in every aspect of my life. Or as Proverbs 3, verses 5, I was not trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. I was just trusting with some of it. It was harder for me to trust him with my insecurities, my doubts, and my fears. But through God's presence in my life and his persistent love, I've learned that no matter how big my insecurities, my troubles, my fears, my doubts, sometimes even my ego, when I felt like I had things under control and I didn't thank God as much as I should have, God is so much bigger. So I've learned to take everything to him, the good and what I thought was the bad. We will all go through various trials and tribulations as we go through life on this earth. If you think you're losing faith, don't, because he will deliver you. Let him perform his will his way. If you find yourself angry at God as you're facing difficulties in life and feel like he's not hearing your cries for help, be assured that something similar to what happened to Gideon can happen to you. You may not see it at the time, because all we can see is today. But when all is said and done, he will deliver you. And you'll realize that it was all for your good. He sees our tomorrows and the rest of our lives. Sometimes we do have to go through hard times to learn 
to grow and improve. But if you will continue to hold fast to the Lord in your daily walk with him, no matter how difficult things may get at times, you can still have an incredible peace of mind knowing that the Holy Spirit will give to you everything that you need if you walk close with the Lord and continue to place all your trust in him. Will you trust him today with your life, your children, your finances, your decisions, your husband or your wife? Have faith and trust that God will never let you down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here today. Thank you for revealing your love to us. And thank you for helping me deliver your word. Be with us as we depart from your house, and may your love and grace continue to guide us in everything that we do. We pray all of this in your sweet name, Jesus. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available.